in the title page, we uh, quoted the words of Moses to the Jewish people before his passing that we're reading about, I believe, in this week's Parsha. He turns to the Jewish people and he says that this matter is not uh, distant from you. It's not over the oceans. It's not up in the skies that you're going to ask, how can you achieve it? Rather, this matter is very near to you in your mouth and in your heart that you shall do it. In other words, Moshe tells the Jewish people that getting close to God is something that we can all do. And not only can we get close to Hashem, we can get close to Hashem with our mouths of the and with our hearts last Thursday to do it, which means that we could really have an all-rounded relationship with Hashem. Meaning that Judaism can be accessible and relevant and achievable and meaningful, which means that our life will be meaningful and achievable, and successful, really everything we could ever wish for. And uh, sometimes things feel so close, yet so far. It seems so simple, but it's so difficult. And so the Tanya says, the Alter Rebbe says in his title page, that I'm going to explain how it is in fact very near for us to have a wholesome relationship with Hashem. And I believe that with that, a wholesome life in general. The first step that the Tanya took was understanding that we have a mission. We spoke about when the soul comes into this world, how it's on a mission. It's a mission to, on a mission to achieve and to be a tzaddik. And then we spoke about who we are and different types of people and the tzaddik and the rasha and the bedini. But a very central theme of the Tanya is that we need to work on having an emotional relationship with Hashem. We need to work on having a love for Hashem and an awe for Hashem, a fear of Hashem. These are two wings that make our mitzvahs fly. That's a theme that comes up throughout the Tanya. It first comes up, I think, well, right at the beginning of the Tanya when we describe how we operate, we speak about this part of us that we could unpack, where we could be on fire about God, that we could be so excited and passionate about Hashem. Just as we might be all fired up and passionate about, you know, something bad that happened or somebody that got us angry, so we could be fired up and passionate, not in an angry way, but, we, but in an uh, um, ecstatic way towards Hashem. So we already mentioned that in chapter 3. And then in chapter 15, we touched again about this, on this concept of, of, of having a love and fear of Hashem because we spoke about the person that goes the extra mile. And we said that the only thing that's going to take you the extra mile will be to have the motivation to do so. And that motivation will come from serving Hashem for His own sake, from serving Hashem because you actually love Him, because you actually fear Him. And then we spoke about how we could reveal a hidden love that we have within us that was chapters 18 to 25. And then we spoke later in the Tanya, in chapters 41 to 44, about how we could reveal a hidden fear for Hashem. So we have it in us. We have within us a natural love for Hashem. We have within us a natural fear for Hashem. And these are two wings that are able to make our mitzvahs fly. Okay, there are things that get in the way. And we spoke about the challenges of, of uh, 
depression and all types of emotional challenges that, that impede our ability to succeed and how we need to address them. And that was in chapters 26 to 34. We spoke beyond ourselves about what we're looking to achieve. Why was the world was created? What is our mission in this world? And that was to upgrade this world to live for a higher purpose. Our Neshama comes down into this world in order to take the most mundane and physical and to elevate it so that we could turn this world into a godly reality. This is a special mission for the Jewish people. All of humanity are expected to be a bench, meaning to just make sure that we get along as human beings, even without any higher purpose. That's for the rest of humanity. But the Jewish people are expected and privileged to bring a godly conscience, conscience into all of reality, which means to upgrade every element of our life towards a higher purpose. And that's what Mashiach is about. Mashiach is that light at the end of the tunnel where we see this is what we're looking to achieve. We're looking to achieve a world where everything is godly and goodly and how every step that we take today should be towards that end. A little bit of a hodgepodge of, 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 of our journey through the Tanya and what we're looking to achieve. And a personal capacity, a relationship with Hashem, and a broader capacity transforming the world. But the key criteria that keep popping up throughout the Tanya is a love of Hashem and a fear of Hashem. In the last few chapters, we've been discussing different ways that we can reveal and develop a fear of Hashem, and most recently a love for Hashem. And the truth is, these last few chapters have been standalone chapters. Yes, they all play the necessary part in giving us additional avenues to get in love with God. But they're also not dependent on each other. Alter Rebbe, the Rebbe over here, these last few chapters is giving us a, a variety of different ways that we can develop our love for Hashem. That's where we are at. And now for chapter 47. I believe chapter 47 may be the smallest chapter in the Tanya. It's a beautiful chapter. Here we go. He made a call, sitting around the table by Pesach Seder, reciting the clause from the Haggadah, how in every generation a person should view himself as having gone out of Egypt. We say that in the Haggadah every year. And the Haggadah continues. How do we know this? And we bring the verse again from the book of Deuteronomy. Where Hashem says that we should remember the exodus from Egypt all the days of our lives. So there's a daily mitzvah to remember the exodus from Egypt, but more importantly, to experience the exodus from Egypt. There's an annual mitzvah by the Pesach Seder. And uh, even then, at the Pesach Seder, we ask, what's unique to Pesach? Aren't every day, aren't we supposed to remember how God took us out of Egypt? And we say, well, every day we could just remember it. By the Pesach Seder, we need to experience it. Comes chapter 47 of Tanya and says that every day we need to experience it. 
every single day we need to go out of Egypt. What does this mean? A story is told of a soldier that served in the Tsar's army. And he was asked to describe what it was like standing before the Tsar. And as he began to visualize and recall the awe of standing before the Tsar himself, he began to tremble with fear. So much fear that he fainted. So he really was reliving the experience. But for us, Hashem took us out of Egypt thousands of years ago. How are we supposed to today consider it as if we left Egypt when it actually happened thousands of years ago? In the last chapter, in chapter 46, we spoke about how even a heart of stone will melt if the king, if the king would come out of his palace and go down to that person that was found in the dumps and he'd pick him up. And you bring him back with him to the palace and bring him into his inner chambers and hug him and kiss him. How even a heart of stone would, be, would melt in appreciation of and, and, and develop a love for if a king that would be willing to do that. And we described how Hashem did that to the Jewish people. He took us out of Egypt. The question is, that was thousands of years ago. How does it help us today? Even when somebody does something really nice to you, unfortunately, the nature of humans is as time goes by, the, it wanes. You kind of forget. You still appreciate. and You still kind of acknowledge. But you don't feel the same love for the person many years later as you did at the time that they did something for you. So chapter 47 describes how even today Hashem comes from out, out of his palace. And he comes down into our space. And he takes us out of our Egypts. What are our Egypts? Our Egypt, or in Hebrew, Mitzrayim, which literally means constraints, consists of the material world and our bodily needs that trap us. It's very simple. I'll give a few examples. We wake up in the morning, you can't bear the cold. You've got to feel like a bench. Okay? So you need to make sure that the temperature in your room is warm. Okay, anybody who's a homeowner will know. Okay, what do you get? And what type of device? And then this device causes this, and that device causes that. And what do you do with load shedding? And if, if it's too dry, you need to humidify. Anyhow, we need to make sure that we're healthy, right? So you've got to take care of it. Okay. Then we need to clean ourselves. We need to go to the shower. Shower needs to be working. Water needs to be hot. The pressure needs to be right. Obviously, there can't be like any develop, anything developing between the mosaic. You need to make sure that it's clean. Maybe it's time for a retile. Maybe it's time for a new shower head. Maybe a new geezer. But after all, we need to be clean. We need to feel like a bench. And then it's time to get dressed. Okay, I'm not going to put shmatas on me, right? So you'll make sure that you're wearing the latest designer clothing because... You know, you need to present yourself appropriately. And then it's time to eat. Okay. 
what you're going to eat. Like, you've got to eat like a veg. You've got to make sure the food tastes really good because uh, you need a good breakfast. And then it's time to get out to work. How are you going to get there? You need a car. The latest Mercedes, no less. Because you need to get from point A to point B. How else are you going to get there? And of course, you need to make money. How else are you going to live? You need to make a lot of money. Make enough money to uh, be able to pay for your upgraded renovations in your bathroom so you could feel like a bench when you shower and for all the clothing and for the car and for all the food. Life's expensive. And of course, for your grandchildren so that they should be secure. So that's the story. The story is... Pardon? <laughs> so the story is that we're physical people and we need to engage with the material. And it is so easy to get trapped in the material. It's so hard not to get trapped in the material because we're engaging with it. We're engaging with our shower and our clothing and our food, and our car, and our work. These are all things that are, are, are actually occupying a majority of our day. But the sad thing is that they can consume us. They say that for some people it's healthy to rent. Because otherwise every other day they'll be fixing something else. It's time for uh, to, when it's not yours, at least you're not going to put any money into it because you don't want to waste your money. If it's yours, you'll make yourself the sugar. Yeah, so, but in every person in their, in their own world can get trapped by the material reality. So is the body bad? No. Is the world bad? No. It it's, 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 was created by God for a purpose. Ah, ah, it was created by God for a purpose. What's the purpose? We described in chapters 37, 38. To elevate the material so that we live for a higher purpose, so we live for a, a godly purpose, a good purpose, so that every... So that, yes, even if we have the latest Mercedes and the most delicious food, it could all be used in the service of Hashem. But the question is, are we utilizing these means to create a godly reality? Or are we trapped within them? Who's boss? Is our Neshama boss? Or is our body boss? Is our genius a limited to whatever availability we have after we finish taking care of all of our bodily needs? Or are our bodily needs limited to what it takes to be able to nurture our neshama? So yes, we have to have a good temperature in the room and we have to clean ourselves and we have to eat and dress and and go places and work. These are integral. We need to. Our, our, our souls came down into the body to be in a body. But all for a higher purpose. So this is the challenge we experience every single day. Every single day we need to get out of Egypt. We need to get out of the restraints. Out of the Mitzrayim. The limitations of our physical world. That continuously bog us down and trap us. And so we're not just speaking about a God. That took the Jewish people out of Egypt thousands of years ago. We're talking about how Hashem every single day comes to us and He t- takes us by the hand and He raises us above all of the noise so we could utilize it all for a higher purpose. So how do we break out? Every time we study Torah, breaking out. You're now thinking about a world of godliness, a world of Hashem. 
That's what you do when you study Torah. You're no longer thinking about fixing your gates and your alarm system and electric fence. Don't worry, we're all always busy fixing them in case you think I'm talking to you. So, but, but when you're learning, then you forget about it. It's an oasis. It's, 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 it's really a really unique and special opportunity that we have. And every person that's very involved in the business world will tell you that has opportunity to learn Torah on a weekly or daily basis, that there's nothing better for them than to be able to just open up a book, and begin to learn, and everything else, all the noise just becomes a distant memory for a few seconds until it uh, pounds on us again. Every time we do a mitzvah, a mitzvah is bringing God into the world, God into our lives, bringing good into our lives and the lives of the people around us. So that's another moment that we break out when we do a mitzvah. When we do a mitzvah, we're free. When we study Torah, we're free. And more specifically, the Tanya says, when we say the Shema. When we say the first line of the Shema and we say, Hashem Aleikeinu Hashem Echad. Hashem is our God. Hashem is one. It's a moment to say, Hashem is boss. We've touched upon this before. Every day we need to take a moment of our day to say, Hashem Yisrael. Listen Israel. Not just, oh Israel out there. Listen to me. To the Israel within me. Listen to your own Neshama. We talk to ourselves and we say, Hashem and Hashem is our God. Hashem Achad and Hashem is one. What does this mean? Hashem is our God, Hashem is one. Firstly, Hashem is really going to be the determining force of my life. He's not going to come last after I've taken care of everything else that I need to take care of. Shabbos sets in, and whether you've got your finances figured out, month end, whatever it may be, it just it comes in because he's boss, and now it's Shabbos, and now we enter into a different space. And the same goes for, 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 for any other mitzvah. So we say to ourselves, Hashem, Elokeinu, Hashem, you are, the, you are the driving force of my life. You call the shots. And Hashem, Achad, you're one. You're to be found everywhere. You're to be found within the air conditioners and the showers and the, and the clothing and the food and the car and the work. You're everywhere. You, you, you're running the show. And when we do that, we're free. Talking about investing once again in our davening. So that's what it boils down to. Learning, doing, and davening. And specifically, learning, Torah, doing mitzvahs, and davening. And specifically, focusing when we say that one line, what is it, six words, Specifically, it's a mitzvah in its own right, besides for the mitzvah of prayer. There's a mitzvah every day to say the Shabbat in the morning and evening. But to focus when we say those words, Hashem Elekeinu, Hashem, you're the boss. You're going to run my life. And with that, we break out. With that, we're free. There was a mashpia, a Hasidic mentor, of the name of Reb Michal der Alter. And he was once davening in the morning, as a chassid davens at length. And he was just getting close to the Shema, which is like the climax of the davening, when we're now going to say that Hashem, you're a boss, and we've been warming up to that moment, and we're going to just give him, uh, give, let him, let him, we're going to appoint him in charge of our life. 
and he noticed that one of the boy's shoes were torn. And he signaled to uh, the rabbi that was took care of the the boy's physical needs. They used to have a lishka, it was like a, a fund that was there specifically to help, you know, make sure the boys have what they need. His name was Rebbe Uvein. And he, middle, just before the Shema, he points to him and he shows him that this, this kid's shoes are broken. They need to be fixed. And after davening, they asked him, why don't you just wait till you finish davening? Right now you're reaching the height of davening. Nothing's going to change. Nobody's going anywhere. You'll finish davening and then you'll go and you'll speak to Rebbe Uvein and you'll make a plan that the, guys, that the boys, uh, boys' shoes get, go into the, the shoemaker for repairs. And he answered... And Michal answered, What is Shema? To know that Hashem is one. When can one know that Hashem's unity has permeated all of our being? Only when you cannot rest, when you cannot be silent until another person's shoes have been repaired. Mm-hmm. Then you know that Hashem's unity has permeated all of your being. It's just a very appropriate story because we're talking about that spiritual apex of, of, of surrender where you say, Hashem, you're a boss and, and you're going to run my life and I'm not going to be trapped in all the materialism. But that obviously goes hand in hand with saying a godly reality means that everybody's needs are taken care of. If you've got a problem, so do you hand it over to Hashem and then you feel okay? Absolutely. You still need to do what you could do. But yeah, Hashem is running the world and there's nothing more liberating than realizing that this is... How do you know how much you can do? You just do your best. Yeah, ask your friends. Your friends know you well. <clears throat> ask them, are you, are you expecting from yourself too much or too little? And they'll tell you that this is... They think that this is you could be doing more or you're doing too much. But it's the moment that we're able to hand over our challenges and problems to Hashem, it's the moment that we're able to be free. So this is it. Every single day, Hashem should, Hashem should really allow us to break past all of them and to really not have to deal with any tzaras or any challenges. But every day we have a daily mitzvah to go out of Egypt. And that's why this is more all, all another reason to love Hashem. Because we spoke about how if the king would come and pull you out of the dumps, how thankful you'd be. And this is what God did to the Jewish people thousands of years ago. But this is really what Hashem is doing every single day. He's giving us an opportunity to break out of the trappings of materialism and to be able to, to connect to Him. And the Tanya continues by describing how Hashem invested his very own will and wisdom within the mitzvahs, within Torah. And so therefore, when we engage with a mitzvah, when we engage in learning, we are connecting with God's will and wisdom, which is one with God himself. So Hashem, is, Hashem gives himself to us. He says, I'm yours. I'm accessible. I'm available. And then we have opportunities to, to, to connect with that reality. It's a tremendous kindness of Hashem. And, and, and what this all means, continues to Tanya in this small chapter 47, is that nothing is stopping us. <coughs> at every moment we have the opportunity to just engage. And at that moment of engagement, 
we're free. The only thing that's stopping us, says the Tanya, is ourselves. And even then, even if we choose to go a different path, at any moment we have the opportunity to once again say that line, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad, Hashem, you're boss, and you're the one and only reality of my life. And talking about the only thing that's in our way is our own choices. There's a word from the Slonema Rebbe. So we say in the beginning of one of the Torah readings, we say, Hashem says, appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Rashi comments, and he says, God appeared to the Avais, the forefathers, Avot. It's a very perplexing Rashi, because the verse says, and I appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Who doesn't know that those are the, the, the Avot, the forefathers? So why does Rashi interject that he says, oh, no, you know who God's appearing to? He's appearing to the Avot. And the Stoddam Rebbe said, the Hebrew word Avot comes from the word desire and so Hashem appears to he who desires all we need to do is to desire to see Hashem to connect with Him and uh, we're able to live our lives differently so in summary every morning when we open our eyes we need to ask ourselves how today are we going to go out of Egypt And I'll conclude with one final story. There was a doctor by the name of Dr. Weiss. He's quite quite well known, um, especially to Chabad Hasidim for his uh, involvement with the Rebbe's health. And he once traveled to Russia in 1965. This is before the whole uh, heart attack and that whole story. And he participated in a medical symposium. And when he got back, the Rebbe firstly asked him about the well-being of of Russian Jewry, which the Rebbe was always very involved with. And he also asked Dr. Weiss about his uh, medical internship in general, how medicine was going. And Dr. Weiss was very moved by this yechidus by, in this private audience. And at the end of the yechidus, he turned to the Rebbe and he said, look, I'm not so particular in keeping Torah and mitzvahs as others are. Yes, I do pray three times a day, but not always do I get to the Midian. May I ask, who is allowed to call himself your chassid? Who can call himself a chassid of the Rebbe? To which the Rebbe responded, whoever can say at the end of the day that he progressed one small step forward to a higher space than he was at the beginning of the day, I will be happy to call my chassid. So when you talk about being a chassid or being a, a good Jew or whatever terminology you're asking, it's about going out of Egypt on a daily basis. It's about every day being able to step one step out of the material trappings so that we can promote a godly reality for ourselves, our children and the world around us.